So with all that being said, I know that you're super, super intelligent and the way that you explain and do things. And that's how my son is. And it, it, it helped him, but then it went against him because it made him a target. Would you say that that made you kind of a target as well? Yes. And I got used to being targeted. No, I know one should be accustomed to feeling like uh, the bullseye on your back and that darts will always be thrown at you. Introducing Community App. Community App is an all-in-one app that lets you easily create and promote any type of class in your local community. The login slash sign up page where you can sign up or login. Details that are needed for sign up, name, email address, password, location, interest. You can select as many as possible interest, boxing, workout, painting, jogging, and so on. After sign up connect your Stripe account or you can skip it and connect it later. Welcome to your dashboard. Things you can do from dashboard. You can create class. See class requests. Switch theme. Settings. Check your earnings. Visit www.community.com to get started or download the community app from Google Play Store or App Store. Hello, hello, everybody. I am so happy to be with you on today because I have an amazing, inspirational guest. And if you want to know about a remarkable journey, a trailblazer, a true trailblazer, because we use that word uh, very loosely sometimes, but this young man is truly a trailblazer. He has met with uh, high-functional um, autism he, on the autism spectrum. It's really near and dear to my heart, and I'm getting choked up because for those of you who have been following me know that I have a son that's also high-functional autistic, and I know about the amazing gifts that they have, but sad to say society has put them in a box and not allowing their true greatness to shine through. So when I see this young man doing what he's doing, despite the odds, despite the trauma, despite all the things that's going against him, I'm just, my heart is filled with joy. Listen, he has faced numerous, um, numerous obstacles. He's an educational expert who actually helped to un help us to understand how it is to live with high functional autism. He is also an international traveler. He is a college graduate. Yes, yes, and yes. He was also the valedictorian of his school. His story is truly inspirational and one that shows you how you can triumph over any type of adversity. So without further ado, let's bring on this amazing young man, Antonio Myers. Welcome to the show. I'm just overjoyed and ecstatic. Thank you for the lovely introduction. <laughs> Listen, you're my hero. Okay. <laughs> because when I look at you, like I was telling you before, I see my son's future and I see that it's so bright. Uh, sometimes when you're the only one in the room that can see the potential that speaking of things that other people just cannot see. And then when I come and I see you, I'm like, that is what I'm telling you. That's what I'm talking about. Do not hold our children 
that has autism or on the autism spectrum in a box and treat them like they're not human. They're superhuman now. I must admit that because I feel that you're just uh, geniuses and we just didn't catch up with you yet. (laughs) Yes, we just need to to catch up. (laughs) Because y'all minds go like, wow, the perspective. So with that being said, I want to jump right in to the conversation of uh, neurodiversity. So what is it and what is autism? For me, neurodiversity is the celebration of all brains and brain chemistry. There is no caring of a disease because we don't look at brains as disease. We don't look at brains as epidemics or even pandemics. It's okay. The easiest example is different flavors of ice cream. No one's going to fight over vanilla or chocolate. Why do we do that with people's psyches? So it, thank you. It, it simply means that, okay, a musical brain is going to be different than athletic brain, but they're both beautiful brains. So we don't look at people as disabled or have like chicken pox to stay away from. We don't treat people's wirings electrically in their minds that way. And autism for me, I don't like the societal definition because it's all about deficits and social skills and emotional intelligence. I see autism as a miraculous present that you can't wrap up and put in a box. I love it. And I look at it as a unique way of looking through the, looking at the world through different lenses because your your perspective, the way that you, and I noticed this with my son, the way that he maneuvers through the world and sees it in a different light, he opened me up to new possibilities and helped me to think uh, in different ways that I normally would have not thought had not he wow. brought it up, you know? And so mm-hmm. I, I just, I mean- he makes me a better mom, you know, a better person the way that he, I'm just always intrigued at what he's able to do. Um, you know, I'm always, just, <laughs> yeah. and I'm just like, how do you even think of that? Like, well, you know, and so I'm just like, when I see you that you're a valedictorian, which according to the textbook of anyone that fall on the spectrum of autism, whether you're high yeah. or not, you're not going to graduate high school, number one. That's mm. what they're And number two, you're not going to be able to be socially, uh, to be able to engage socially, which oh you're my. going to all these myths because you're having Thank a whole you. interview. Like, they, <laughs> Thank they, you. This, this would be something that they would say you could not do. And so you're doing it mm-hmm. and you're a college graduate. So you just debuff all of those myths, all of those theories. They need to update the definition. They need to update the definition. I agree. And I'm proud to be one of the ring leaders with you with that. This is a community um, fight, indeed. <laughs> it really, really is. So when I think about c- the misconceptions and the stigma that's attached to autism, and you mentioned how um, different brains, we should treat all brains, all thinking beautifully, which I sh- totally agree with you on that. But when you think about the stigmas, when you say someone has autism, they automatically mm. they automatically feel sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, why? Uh, the why? False pity, the false pity is insulting. 
Yes. And so right now we're going to talk about that, uh, the stigmas associated. Yes, you may have to do things differently, but it's not something that you feel sorry about. It's just a, like I tell exactly. it's a different way of thinking and very yeah. insightful, very insightful. So with society and thinking about the school system, because I know mm. personally had our challenges. Me too. <laughs> had our challenges. So as a black autistic young man or young youth when you was in school, yes, how was yeah. it living in North America had being black and being autistic? Um I know what it's like to be stopped when I was on my college dorm and I was mistaken for a young black male with a hoodie who was up to no good. And I had to present the Huxtable image of my family to mm -hmm. prove to him that I am nothing like you were stereotypically taught about people like me in the media. And he just pulled off and gave me false compliments. So I noticed like to face racism um, outside of church and as well as within, because I went to a college in Florida mm -hmm. um, where it's Bible Beltish. So that has its own politics. Um, being a the autistic part, I felt like I had to be extra squeaky clean, not just because I'm black, because I have a label. Like, I felt like I had to represent my two entire communities all by myself. Mm -hmm. And it was distressful because I'm, I'm supposed to be human and not superhuman. But in this society, even one flaw is considered, see, all blacks are bad or autistic bad autistic people bad because of you so ableism and racism combined there's no word for it. it's yeah and then uh the educational services my parents had, had to sue just so i could get a private special education wow yes um i remember I had to become like, and I'm not a lawyer by any means, but I had to dig and find information on in regards to how my son could receive additional services. And it was a lot of red tape, a lot of red tape to uh, to get the services available to him on a private spectrum. So the fact that your parents had to go even as far as Sue uh, shows how far, well, what a big gap it is with the education of our children that falls into uh, that has autism that falls into that high functional and they want you what i have found with autism being high functional specifically is you fall into this category this gray zone yeah gray areas that it's the gray area where you're not where they say you you're disabled, disabled, but you still fall into the category, which I can't stand that word. I just, I just prefer uh, learn differently. But then over here, you're not, you're, 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 you're mild, moderate, but you're not moderate, severe, and you're not severe. And so you're somewhere in the middle and based upon being in that gray zone, that gray area, you usually fall between the cracks if you don't have somebody advocating for you. 
if you don't know the law, if you don't know certain things that should be uh, available to you. And then in some cases, depending upon the locality of where you live, mm-hmm. um, there are just no resources. Yeah, I'm experiencing that and I live in D.C. What? Yeah, what? DC, D.C. is not leading with on the neurodiversity movement and the autism rights movement. I, it, it, I know people put the seat of the Capitol in Congress. No. Mm-hmm. In wow. terms of housing, no. In terms of education, no. In terms of health care, no. In terms of employment, no. In fact, 85% of people on the autism spectrum are without a job, unemployed. Yes, and that's something that really needs to change. They need to redo these laws. They need to also provide resources to be able to take you from point A to point B, to be able to have independent housing, to be able to have uh, jobs that's ready that with with staff that's trained yes. to know uh the different spectrum and different things that's 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 sensitive to um to our population to to know how to do what they need to do because to be honest a lot of these uh places are not educated they and so we need to have these open candid conversations because your guys are capable of working there's just no work for you to do and people and many jobs don't even open up that type of opportunity for ones that's um, high functional autistic or that falls into that, what they like to say, spectrum. I really hate these words of that they put you in these boxes. I really feel that it should be a different form of language verbiage that we should Lexicon. be using. Yes, because it really, it can, it can become very demeaning once you start and you don't really, and for ones who don't have a child with autism, who is not autistic, you might not understand it. It hit different when you're a parent with a child with autism, and it definitely hit different when you are a person living with autism, and then people Indeed. put these labels on you. That's just not true. So with that note, what we're going to do, we're going to take a commercial break and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about some more topics dealing with autism, dealing with awareness and also sharing more of your story. So we'll be back in a moment with Antonio Myers after the commercial break from our sponsors. CTR Media Network is now accepting new podcasters to join our growing network that's reaching 350 million global listeners. Have you heard? CTR Media Network offers podcast production, podcast training, distribution, and product placement. Book us for your next event or schedule an interview with CTR Media Network podcasters today. To learn more, go to ctrmedianetwork.com. And just like that, we are back. And I come along with a friend whom you may ask, the amazing Antonio Myers. Welcome back to the show. <laughs> yes, we animated over here. Okay. So with that being said, uh, before the commercial break, we was actually speaking about autism. We was actually speaking about the lack thereof in North America for resources 
for our high functional uh, children. And one of my things that I advocate for is what do we do for our children that is in this category that society has placed on them once they graduate or they finish high school? It's like it's a big gap of forgotten children, young adults. And so no one ever talks about the children anymore. No one see if they're okay. Do they have resources? It's just like, okay, you're out of high school. We're done. Bye. It's very cold. It's very, very cold. And so what I advocate for is making sure um, that our children have resources, but I'm telling you, it's very, very difficult. <laughs> it's very difficult. So with that being said, I know with you being in school, I know when my son was in public school, it was very difficult. The bullying was nonstop. Um, did you experience that? Yes. Countless forms of bullying. Um, I remember being ridiculed for my massive intelligence teacher's pet type of comments, but it was worse than that. And I remember having social anxiety disorder. Um, I like to say disorder, I like to stigmatize myself and just people in general, Mm -hmm. but I didn't look at people in the eye when I talked to them. I looked up or looked down or away. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would get crampy like achy all over, stuffy nose, it was embarrassing. And it was the most embarrassing because I'm around young ladies, you know how hyper-masculine young teenage boys can be. So I got ridiculed for that. So it was verbal uh, in high school. And, you know, nothing violent happened to me, but that's what happened um, in my adolescence. I would say for me, I can't speak for you, but I have noticed because I've experienced being bullied in school too as well because I've always been the the tall, slender one. So they call me all kind of names as well uh, Mm. too. Um, But I have noticed for me that the words last longer than if it is some physical bullying the words last so much longer and you hold on to it because it like repeats itself in your mind and you can go places and be certain places and someone says something to do something or you hear a sound and it triggers you back to that moment that had you so like anxious and the social um so i remember uh some of those words children don't realize how hard words can hurt and i feel that if we start having conversations with children about the the power of our words how they can either be used to heal or hurt and having these conversations about how not to do certain things because this is not something that just affects adolescents a lot of us carry this on to adulthood and so um, I, I know for me, the hurt was more profound with the words, okay? Because it's something that s- sticks in your brain, regardless of whatever you do. And so with all that being said, I know that you're super, super intelligent in the way that you explain and do things. And that's how my son is. And it, it, it helped him, but then it went against him because it made him a target. 
would you say that that made you kind of a target as well? Yes. And I got used to being targeted. No, and no one should be accustomed to feeling like uh, the bullseye on your back and that darts will always be thrown at you. That is so, so true. And he pretty much uh, felt the same way that you, like, what's going to happen today kind of mindset because it was repetitive. It was consistent, just like the sun goes up, the sun goes down. It was just a consistent thing. And so when with my son had to get to a point where he had to learn how to embrace having mm -hmm. autism. So with you, did you ever get to that turning point where you said, okay, it is what it is. I yes. have to embrace it. So it's, let's talk about that for a moment. Yes, I remember it started in college, actually. Um, I went to Beacon College, the nation's only premier school for students with learning differences in Leesburg, Florida. Mm -hmm. So neurodiversity was normalized in the educational facility. And when I saw the word and looked it up, I stopped hating my autism. I started to revere it. I started to fall in love with it and to love it. And my relationship with autism has improved dramatically because of it. I like to say I was born with autism, which I am unashamed of and proud of it. I, I, I enjoy uh, experiencing it. And um, I'm glad that I get to leave Earth not anytime soon with <laughs> yeah well i agree with you um it came it became a turning point for my son as well and i just saw a whole different person in front of me once he learned or he decided because it wasn't anything that i could tell him anything that i could make it go away it was him finally being comfortable with who he is and what he brings to the table and pretty much saying, I don't care what you think. As long as I, I feel good about myself. Yes. You know, that's what matters. And he had to get to that turning point. I mean, I always tell him that as a mom, however, uh, once it clicked for him, <laughs> right. I was like, wow, look at my, look at my son. <laughs> You're like, yes, you found like, finally, you know, that, you know, that, you know, and so, Hearing what you're saying, Antonio, really hits home for me because I see that in you as well. And my goal is to have help as many autistic children that falls in that category to be able to have that breaking point when they totally embrace and realize that they're amazing just the way they are. And it's their uniqueness. Who wants to be just like everybody else? Not me. That's boring. That's boring. Um, yes in sync <laughs> synchronicity right <laughs> yeah so i mean one thing you can never say about someone that falls into the autism autism spectrum is that they are the same okay even if we have the exact same classical diagnosis name category Every child, every adult is different and they have something unique, some kind of gift, multiple gifts, to be honest with you. And uh, I would encourage anyone to just just speak, talk, be friendly. OK, yes, 
be a, be a person, a human. <laughs> like at the end of the day. So, <laughs> so when I think about, um, I'm so happy that you're embracing embracing who you are. And, and I think that is powerful. And the fact that you're doing that, you can help so many other young people and also young adults to be able to navigate and see that it is possible. And so thank you for what you're doing and thank you for advocating. Thank you for sharing your story. You are so welcome. Yeah. So when we think about this, what does the concept, because we hear about family a lot, family. So what does the concept of a chosen family mean to you? I love this question because this is my one of my favorite realities. People who become like your family oftentimes are better than the biological relatives. There's a difference between relatives and family. Family, they actually complement the DNA mm-hmm. by good character traits relatives okay we may have same last name look alike in the face yeah <laughs> pretty much yeah you're right you're right and so i like the fact of your chosen family because dealing with relatives i mean we have no control over who your mom who your dad who your brother who your uncle we have no um control over that i mean you're just born in it and you just have to accept or not accept <laughs> the situation yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but with your chosen family you have a choice i of do the- yes and so like you said your chosen family can really be a blessing because these are the people who really fight for you who want to be there of course we do have family members that do the exact same thing but it's a little different when it's with your chosen family. Way different. Because you know that they they really rally for you and mm-hmm. they don't have to rally for you. With your mm-hmm. relatives, you really don't know <laughs> if they're doing it just because your family, mm-hmm. last name, but your chosen family, they're doing it because they want to do it. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I love yeah, that. It tickles me pink that I can even have that part as part of my self-ownership i could say these are the people i choose to be related to in such a poetic fashion (laughs) Mm -hmm. yes i agree with you so what we're gonna do we're gonna Mm -hmm. take one more small commercial break (laughs) (laughs) after we take this break we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk a little bit more about uh the different things that you do as well because i'm really enjoying this conversation so we'll be back in a moment after this commercial break from our sponsors welcome to a unique dating experience unlike any other you gave the relationship all you had but we have to share a bed can your ex help you meet your next love i'm looking for somebody that's gonna make me laugh do i have any low-lying feelings for nicole maybe Sorry, I don't agree with their decision. Are you afraid? No, we're talking to Why are we here? You should be. After Happily Ever After, series premiere, Wednesday at 10 on BET. And just like that, we're back. <laughs> Make sure to watch our girl, Nick, Nikki Ward from BET After, After Happily Ever After, which is now airing on BET. She is also co-hosting the She Trucking Podcast 
with her amazing spin out. So make sure to check her out because she's also in the transportation industry and you can watch her on CTR Media Network. Okay. With that being said, Antonio, we coming back to this topic of our chosen family before we went to commercial break. But also, uh, when we think about the messaging, since we're talking about family, what would you say would be your message to uh, families that have children that's on the autism spectrum and uh, just young people that falls in the special education category? Do you have any words of inspiration or um, any message you would like to send to them on today? Yes, I would say that it is okay to look, it's okay to look at other people's kids as your kids. And I would say that be be more of the expert than the experts, because some are not experts, posing as experts, and some are actual experts, but your word should be the final law more than the people who don't spend time with your child like that, but you know that you do. You should know your child best, be your child's best activist, best advocate, and link up with other families that know what it's like to be you that know that in your kid can have somebody knows like to be them it's okay to phone call research don't believe everything you hear don't believe everything you read it's okay to be studious steadfast and diligent and don't take anyone's garbage don't take mistreatment that means you have to annoy certain people to get justice for your kid do it and have fun doing it i 1000 percent agree with you on that yes um i was at the school so much they was like can we offer you a job <laughs> that's a blessing though <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was on every school trip like they thought that i was one of the the assistants because i was there all the time number one i'm keeping an eye on them number two i'm making sure my son get what he's needing number three i want to know what you're doing yes i'm like because clearly my son is non-verbal so he cannot tell me uh what is going on at that particular time um but what i used to tell people a lot even though my son did not speak to about three four years old um verbally he was speaking to me in different ways with his emotions, with his face, with his hands, because we taught him sign language. It was even <laughs> non, even children that are nonverbal have unspoken communication. If you pay attention, you'll be able mm -hmm. to see that they're communicating with you without even saying a word. And we was able to pretty much master the art, mm -hmm. the beauty of nonverbal communication, which is a real thing, people. <laughs> yes. Gestures, body language, pay close attention. Because <laughs> they're, they're letting you know what they think, how they feel, whether it's good, whether they're excited or whatever, with that nonverbal communication. And then that day when I heard him speak, wow. It's like a pen, like a pen or a penny drop. You're just like, my child uttering language, uh, yeah. historical milestone. <laughs> and listen, he wasn't like, I mean, he just went in full sentences, whole conversations, like like he was speaking the whole time. And I was like. Yes. A lot of families take that for granted, but, I, you know, people like us, we go, woohoo, party. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
when he did that, I was, I, I just couldn't believe it. We was like jumping up and down, clapping his older sister. <laughs> <laughs> we had a celebration. We went and got some cake. We did all kind of stuff. We was like, yes, we get some cake. We celebrate. Now say something else. We're just so happy. It's like a graduation party, birthday party merged into yeah. one. <laughs> it was so ecstatic, okay? And so it's just a blessing when, um, like you said, it's something that as society, we tend to take for granted certain things. But for us, we know how gratifying and how rewarding it is because you yourself, when did you start speaking? Four years of age, approximately. Mm-hmm. So about, about the same age with my son as well. And he told me these words that really shook me to my core. He said, mom, the reason why I didn't say anything for all those years is because I didn't have anything to say. It wasn't worth saying. You was able to understand. He said, I'll speak when I needed. I had something to say. And when he starts speaking, wow. yeah, he, he said, I saw what was going on. I understood what was going on, but I didn't have anything to say. You understood everything that I was saying without words. And I was like, that's what I said. (laughs) And then, and then he got to the point where he said he had to start speaking, you know? And so I was like, I had no idea. And you just never know what you never know. And I'm just like, I'm saying like, I'm an advocate for all children, young adults, um, parents who have children that falls in, on, or around the spectrum, because there's so many different words that they label but they don't necessarily call it autism like um i forgot the word oh just left my brain asperger's syndrome well that's one spectrum because you know it's about 18 different categories that falls up under the label of autism the umbrella but i I think it's like postus stenosis wait a minute oh i can't i can't think of the word right now to save my life but basically if they don't call it autism, but it falls into the spectrum of autism. Um, PPS. It's PPS. I just can't remember what the words mean right off the top of my head. But um, I'm just, at this time, just so... I, I, was, I, I was diagnosed with pervasive developmental disorder, right? And um, I remember my very first sentence was stop bullying my friend. Wow. And I was born an advocate. Yeah, you was born like you still fighting to this day. Like, wow. Your first words was fighting for someone else. Now that's character. <laughs> that's <laughs> character. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wow, wow, wow. So with all your remarkable accomplishments, like I said, you um the valedictorian, you a college graduate, you are an international traveler, and you're also proudly serve as a designated disability service provider. Can you share a little bit about what you do as a disability service provider? Well, I raise uh, I definitely raise awareness. I helped out with uh surveys regarding uh, DC Department Disability Services. And what I do is I hold rooms on the Clubhouse app uh, because there's a large amount of my community on the app. And what we do is uh, share resources 
and um, make referrals and mm -hmm. we, all, we make sure to stay in contact with one another because mm -hmm. more and more parents are using technology to seek help from people around the world because certain parts of overseas is they have no concept of human rights for people with autism so they're they're happy to look at the states as, as united states for um help and some are contemplating moving over where we are Ooh. to better the quality of life and well-being for their uh kids well, I would like to thank you so much, Antonio, for being a featured guest on our show and also thanking you for your advocacy and your work and also spreading awareness on autism and high functional and being just a complete amazing person. Continue your work. You know, I follow you and you are indeed an inspiration for not only myself, but for everyone that's going to see and hear this interview in the future. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being a future guest on our show. Unleash the power of podcasting at Pop-Up and Create in Atlanta, Georgia. Join us for a once-in-a-lifetime experience as we unveil the exclusive live premiere of the Tina Ramsey Show. Be a part of the studio audience and witness the magic happen. Secure your seat now at ctrmedianetwork.com. That's ctrmedianetwork.com. Join our sponsors Music by DJ Lab and videography by Multivarious Studios. Join us May 6th from 2 p.m. to 7 p.m. in Atlanta, Georgia. Get your tickets now at ctrmedianetwork.com.